as much as it pains me, I'm going to continue to hurt people and people are going to continue to hurt me. If I get better at dealing with my own stuff, I'm going to hurt people less because I'm more skilled in how to navigate those waters. Hey everyone, we're back for an all new episode of the Wife Like Me podcast. Thanks for being with us. We've got Kelly Brinkman with us. Duh. Hey, Kelly. Hey, good to see you all. If you're not on YouTube, hop on over. We're waving at you. If you're listening on podcast, we're still waving at you. Yay. I love YouTube. I watch YouTube like ep- like interviews like this. I watch if I'm like brushing my teeth, getting ready for bed, doing the dishes. I'm always whatever. I love, I love it. So I'm curious. One time we should look like how many watch on YouTube versus we are newer on YouTube. So whatever, probably not accurate. Anyway, I'm really pumped that we're on both places. So welcome. If you listened to last week's episode, we were talking about inner healing and we are continuing that conversation today. Uh, this is a post by Teresa Bodeker and the, uh, the blog post is linked in the show notes. And we went through... Go back first off too. If you've not listened to that one, listen to that. Start there. Go listen to it. Um, We started talking about the 12 truths that Teresa gives us about inner healing, the need for it and the beauty in it. If we decide to do that, which we are cheering you on and, uh, you know, hoping and praying that that's what we all decide to do. Um, But yeah, that's what we're going to continue today. I'm excited about it. Yeah, the podcast is 12 Truths About Inner Healing. And so we did one through six last week. So don't miss out. We're starting on number seven here because it's a lot to unpack. You know, the subject is not like a light and fluffy one. It is no jello salad. This is meatloaf. This is meatloaf. meatloaf. And potatoes and carrots. Oh, and pie. Yeah, pie Pie. and buns. (laughs) Did I tell you this week I've been craving banana cream pie and I don't know how to make it. Um, so I went ahead and just ordered one. I'm tired of this pie shop never having it available as a single slice. So I just said, give me the whole thing. Yeah. Well, so I'm yeah. looking for somebody to share the, the banana cream pie with me. I don't think I should eat it all myself. Mm, I'm, uh, that's one thing I do not care for. Pie or banana? P- banana cream pie. I don't know. No. Okay. Well, it's more for me then. Excited, but you, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah exciting. We talk about desserts a lot. So yeah, let us know your favorite dessert. Mm-hmm. Listen to previous episodes for our answer to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we mm-hmm. want to hear what yours is. So because we're probably going to find a new favorite by what you tell us. Yeah. Totally, totally. So I here we go. We're diving. Are you ready for this, Kelly? Like, this is great meatloaf here. I got right. a fork and knife in hand. Okay, good. Go. Good. Okay, we'll sell the we're diving in back into this blog post from Teresa. And um, one of the truths about inner healing is to process emotions as they come up. Okay. So important. This is goes back to what we talked about last episode a little bit when we have a decision to make. Uh, anytime there's Again, unresolved wounds will trigger other unresolved wounds or wounds will trigger other unresolved wounds. So it's kind of the same thing. Like we, when we experience emotion, feelings, those there's like, there's two extremes in the Christian culture, right? One is like your feelings are like 
the key to everything. Uh, and then on the other extreme, it's like, do like neglect your feelings. The feelings will lie to you. It's like, actually there's like beauty in the middle. Like our feelings mm-hmm. can be really great indicators to lean in and, and ask the Lord, like what's, what's there, what's under that, what's going on here in me. Can you show me like counselor, Holy spirit, like counsel me in, in this place, show me, reveal to me what's happening right here in this even feeling that I'm not even sure about, you know? Um, but if we decide to ignore them, stuff them, um, we will not find healing. So to process emotions as they come up is deciding to actually acknowledge them, right? We're going to acknowledge that we have emotion. Whoa, what is this? What's going on? Do I even know why I'm feeling this? Is there more to the story? I just prayed for a friend who texted and said, hey, we're having a hard time. Not even sure what's going on, but it's hard. And need prayer, you know? Um, so like, even just saying, I'm not even sure, but this is, I'm experiencing this. I'm feeling sad. I'm not even sure why I'm sad or whatever to begin the process of processing those emotions is the goal to not lean out, but lean in. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Uh, for those visual kids here on, um, YouTube, you know, our feelings chart, but going from Living only in feelings is what you were saying to saying, oh, all feelings are bad. Totally suppress them. They're going to lead you astray. But actually, the sweet spot is here in the middle and saying my feelings are often indicators of what's going on. Right. Yeah. I always got to make sure I I can apply what we're saying. Yeah. And, you know, what's interesting is like I, I on the note, since we're since we're here talking about it. I feel, you know, sometimes we do need to um, ask the Lord to align our feelings with truth, right? Some, sometimes they're not in alignment with what right. is true. Sometimes they are, right? Sometimes we do feel a righteous anger or sadness over something, you know, someone, whatever that is, like, so, so just be aware of that too. Like, you know, I can see oftentimes in the Christian community, like a blanket statement thrown out, like your feelings lie to you, you know, align them up with truth and you'll be set free, which sometimes is the case. And sometimes your feelings are legitimately, uh, absolutely aligned with scripture and you're feeling a righteous feeling from this situation. You know what I mean? So it's like, eh, the counselors out there are probably like, eh, squeaming, you know, a little bit, like when we see things like that, because it's like, ooh, you know, that can be shaming, because oftentimes our feelings are real, you know, accurate representations of the heart of God over a situation. Um, so any way to process that is beautiful, isn't it? Right. And I think to say that um, feelings are an indicator that's where it really lands with me. And that's where I I see this note that she's sharing here as a way to apply it in my life. Yeah. I love her next point too. She says that inner healing, a truth about inner healing is that we can look for God in the story. Mm. And when she says this, it's interesting. So she writes, 
God was there and is a central part of your story. Ask him to show you where he was in your story. Share your feelings with him and ask him to heal that or heal you. So I love that. And But when I first read this post, immediately what came to mind was in I think it's Genesis 14, the story. I should have I should have had this ready to go, but I didn't think I was going to think about it. I think it's Genesis 14, it, with the story of Hagar and Sarai, I believe, when Hagar is um, so, so, so um, unhappy, misused, like not in a good situation. Her, uh, was it Sarah or Sarai? I can't remember. See? My- I think it's Sarai, but I'm... I'm looking for it too. Okay. Um, but anyway, so she is her, her master has, has had her sleep with her husband because she couldn't get pregnant. So Hagar then is pregnant and her master is awful to her. This woman is awful to her and misuse, mistreats her and hates her. Literally it says it hates her. And so she leaves, she flees them, she flees the situation, she finds herself in this place alone, sad, totally like at the end of herself. And that is when she sees God. And super interesting, once she sees him, she then sees herself and and she goes back to that same situation completely changed. Her situation hasn't changed, but she is completely different. Every it's changed everything for her in her life, and so um, I love this. This is a counseling tool, actually, to like let's go back to the hard thing and let's let's see, like ask God where He was in that. And um, it's very healing to know that you know, even as though like it's so hard. Our stories can be so 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 hard, traumatic, painful, toxic, difficult. And yet that's not God's plan for you. We live in a broken world. Um, And unfortunately, because of that, brokenness is a part of our story. Um, But to know he's with us and never has left us um, can be so healing for us. And so I just, yeah. Anyway, think of that story with Hagar going out and seeing, knowing that God had, has has been with her, sees her. Like just one of my favorite stories. Right. So that's Genesis 16. 16. There you go. Kind of unpacking that over the whole chapter. But in verse 13, uh, she gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. And you're right. It's that whole story of seeing it differently and how to go back and say, God, where were you in that? And asking him, you know, the whole purpose in which we were made is to illuminate the story of Christ that went from a broken relationship with God to a healing one through Jesus to a place of wholeness. And so we're all experiencing that in different ways. We can choose to stay over here, right? Or we can choose to make some moments and even just turn it over and name it and say, Where were you in that? Help me to see that differently. Help me to process that. And when you invite the Lord to begin to show that to you, he's going to show up, right? Mm -hmm. He's faithful. He's true. We know that about his character throughout his word. 
And he's going to show up and show you where he was and how to process through that. I think it's interesting because we can't or likely won't feel safe asking the Lord, hey, where, where were you in that? If we don't first do what we talked about in the last episode is even just first acknowledging it. Like I yeah. can't ask the Lord, where were you when that happened or during that thing? If I don't even recognize, you know, acknowledge that that's hard for me. And I'm not, I've not moved on from that. I'm still, right. you know, experiencing this from that. So it's just a interesting point, but yeah. Teresa moves on and she shares another truth about inner healing. She says, look at the story. I love this. I'm like, when I read this, I'm like, yes, right. Um, I'm shocked she's not a counselor. Anyway, look at the story you are telling yourself regarding your pain or trauma. And the the oh the narratives that we are telling ourselves, they're so important because the, the actually that's a that's one of my good friends were up here where I live. She says out loud, she'll say, the story I'm telling myself is that. And then she says what she's telling herself, right? Um, that I'm actually a really bad mom and that it's my fault that X, Y, Z. You know, the story I'm telling myself is that you actually don't care very much about me. The story I'm telling myself is this. Like, I recognize this might be completely wrong and whatever, but this is a story I've been telling myself. And to... I just love it because what it does is it allows us to do what she says, which is to recognize the lie in it, if whatever that is, and then the truth. Um, so I think you yeah, have and that that skill of dividing it out. I mean, bless you're you're talented enough. You do that in your brain. Good job. Um, I I do that on paper, but even just making a T chart and saying those things that that she said as an example that the story I'm telling myself is here and to recognize those may be lies and the truth is over here. And that's so important. You know, even if you're listening to a friend who comes to you and says, you know, I'm trying to process this, or there was this hurt between us and I'm trying to process that slowing down and putting each of your narratives into kind of the correct columns of what is a lie And what is actual truth? And just because we're feeling it, and goodness knows those feelings can like swell like a giant balloon and feel like they take up all the space in the entire room. So therefore, they must be true because it's based on size. Those feelings get to be true. And what we found out is that through God's word, we know that feelings don't reign all of it, but they can be indicators and help us to deal with the truth. So if you even have that conflict with someone else going through that process and dividing out each one, it's like a snarly ball of yarn. I know you have a sweet cat at your house. If you leave some yarn out, that cat will like bat it around the house. And before you know it, it'll be a giant mess. I mean, it'll be a ton of fun, but it'll be (laughs) for the cat, but a big mess, but dividing out one little piece at a time and putting it in a lie or a truth pile and doing that again and again is going to help sort that situation out in our own hearts and with someone else. And so as you can tell, I mean, this is not a fast process. 
Mm-hmm. And this is not one that you should time yourself or go, oh, I should have this done by the weekend. Right. Not at all. But to take some time and to pull those truths out and be really honest and say, you know, this may have been my assumption. I'm not sure if that was actually true. Yeah. And the hard or the tricky thing is, you know, I'm thinking of our kids. It's helpful to help, like you said, your friends, other people, like to, to, to help begin help as we help other people, we can kind of get, you know, grow that muscle of like recognizing it for ourselves too. The, the tricky thing is like, sometimes it actually is true. So, mm-hmm. right. Um, uh, my, our daughter had a friend who, I don't know, I'm just making something up, like said something about her. Um, whatever the situation is, usually my first question to our kids is, is it true? Well, is that true? You know, hmm. is that true? Like, oh, I'm, I'm, did it really happen? Do I really feel this way? You know, and sometimes the answer is yes, it is true. She did do that. They did say that. They blah, 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 whatever. Um, but is it true about who you are? Right? So like we have to get better at examining ourselves, asking ourselves those hard questions of like, yes, it's true. It did happen. They did say that. My husband did say that he was going to be home at five and he clearly forgot. So that, and that, and that, yes, it is true. And it is hurtful. So that is a very true experience. Is it true about who I am? No, his decisions do not reflect who I actually am in Christ. It's Mm -hmm. still hurtful though. Right. So like to acknowledge that the truth about our identity, regardless of the other things, even if they are true, is always key as well. And then, you know, again, processing the hard things about those things, even if they are true, oftentimes mm-hmm. they're not, which we will find like, oh, no, totally, totally uh, assumed things there and accused you of things in my brain before you even, you know, whatever. Um, but anyway, I just find that like so fascinating too, that we have to like reconcile the and d- differentiate the true experience with the truth about our identity in Christ. And they're often really, really, like you said, not um, like we have to wrestle that to the, it's not like a, Oh, yay. That's, you know, yes, I am this in Christ. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I got to like wrestle that other stuff down to the ground because like uh, it's hard. (laughs) And I know who I am and that still really hurts and it's hard, you know? Um, So it just, it's growing that spiritual maturity, right? And our ability to um, lean into healing amidst whatever even potentially is real too. Right. a whole lot of thoughts. For example, if you're talking like husband said it'd be home at five, you know, for a, to kind of prep for a date night or something and he's late. As wives, we could go, well, he doesn't value me. He didn't think of me. He doesn't care for me. I'm not worth it. He's probably out with someone else. I mean, any of one of these, and we can kind of get led down a rabbit trail that doesn't lead to anywhere good. But if we stay with truth and say, he wasn't home at five, what happened? And if he says, oh, gosh, I got a call from a client or there was a wreck and I was helping someone, right? So we have to stop and actually go with what is true, because if we don't in that instance, then we can start to 
kind of deconstruct our own value and say, well, he wasn't here. So therefore I must not be worth it for him to come home to when he promised to. Right. So to stop and go back and say, like you said, was it true? And is it true about who you are? Mm -hmm. And that's again, like I, you know, so many of you are always so cool and brave and reach out to me and, you know, share experiences. And I, I have my own hard things, but again, even like, and I, that was a bad example of like being home late, but like if your husband says something actually hurtful to you, right. There's no question of assumption there. Like it was hurtful. It was wrong or whatever. Um, you know, to deal with that simultaneously knowing it does not change who you are in Christ and that's hurtful. Right. So it's like, yes, that's, I just, my brain is again, complex. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but we again, girl and we love your complex so thanks but it is again it goes back to her point of looking at look at the story you're telling yourself regarding right. your pain and trauma like yes so much of it is potentially accurate so much of it isn't what is what isn't lord what a, what is aligned with your word what isn't what what do i need to con- like obviously be more rooted in here because this is woof you know rocking me Um, so anyway, it's just so, so, so important that we go through that process. So, yeah. And 10, celebrate your healing. The big and small steps all along the way are worth celebrating. So if you listen to the episode from last week, I was telling about a story that I resorted to raising my voice with my kids and then later on could process why I did that and what I was really feeling. Then I went back and said, hey, we got to circle back up about that later in the evening. And here's what I was really feeling. And here's what I'm asking for. Can you give that to me? Can, can you extend that to me? And so for me, that was a big, that was a big little win, you know, because that sets a new road to say, hey, I did ask for this and it's reasonable and they're willing to give it to me. And I'm going to hold the line and go. I get to drink out of my own drinking glass. I mean, you'll have to get the whole story last week, but yeah, celebrating, celebrating those helps to encourage us and see, you know what, with Jesus, we can create some new roads that are worth it. Yes. I love our small group going through Pete Scazzaro's book. Like they can, you know, that's a win for them. They're saying like, I'm going through this. And I thought it was kind of cuckoo at first because I'm like, there's nothing wrong with me. Why do I need to be doing or whatever they think? And then sharing like, it was really good or whatever. And um, even just me sharing like, I'm not, like I said last episode, I'm not pushing or um, wanting to rush the process of my grieving. I'm, I'm learning and attempting to only really, truly seek him in this and trust him with the timing of me coming out on the other side, right? Um, that's a win for me. I'm I'm not rushing it. That's huge, you know. Um, so I, I love that. I love that. Uh, Teresa's next point is shedding uh, to shed the false story. So, like we were just chatting about, like the different narratives. Um, as we move into more of like this. I guess, growing that muscle, strengthening the muscle of lies versus truth um, Mm -hmm. to really like understand that we 
have with through the help of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit to walk in that true story. And that requires us to acknowledge when we're not walking in it, believing in it, um, and then get rid of it when we're not. And so like, I think she, I love her progression of these truths because we, every single day, the, the enemy is battling for our identity through our minds, through what we're thinking. And so every time we think that we've that we're paying attention to the narrative of, of our, you know, experiences and our feelings and our lives, the enemy is going to deposit, twist, taint something that's going on, that's being said, even truth, um, to get us to think something false. And so um, to, to decide and to like commit to Lord, I only want to walk in who you say I am and your truth about who you are and who I am. Um, gives us like more, I guess, ammo to then have that armor, like so, so tight around us. um, So that when those false stories come and those lies come, we are more maybe quick to just under, like see it for what it is, rebuke it, resist it, and just only stand in his truth. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of this does talk about creating new paths and finding a new way of walking through tough situations so that we do it more successfully the next time and the next time, because we'll continue to have opportunities. You know, I mean, we're people, we're, we're fallen people. And as much as it pains me, I'm going to continue to hurt people and people are going to continue to hurt me. If I get better at dealing with it and dealing with my own stuff, I'm going to hurt people less And then I'm going to be hurt by others less because I'm more skilled in how to navigate those waters. Right. And I don't have to keep rowing in the same direction. Mm -hmm. So, but it's about doing it with more wisdom in the future as soon as later today, tomorrow, you know, into the coming years. So I love that to uh, walk in your true story. Mm. Yeah. Teresa's last truth is to allow God to be the hero of your story. And um, like, duh, it might sound like, "Mm, yep. Um, But it's like, this is the truth, I think, that allows us to come back to um, how small we are and how big God is. And the fact that even though how small we are, like, is real, he is the God of the universe that sent his son because he loves us that much. And he wants to partner with us to do his work here on earth. And so like, he's the one that gets the glory. He's the one that we can cling to. He's the one that heals us. He's the one that's in charge. He's the one that will make things right in the end and has already like, he's the one. And Uh, It allows us to take this, um, like, just this reverence approach and surrender again and again and again all day long um, when we understand, like, he's the one that this is all about. And um, even it even puts, like, our woes into perspective, right? Our hurts and everything, like, poof, it just just puts it into perspective. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. 
Any other thoughts? Too in in um, Romans, he says we look at him being the hero of the story. I raised you up for this very purpose. Out of Romans nine seventeen, here's our purpose. Ready? Two things that I might display my power in you, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. I love you, girl, but at no point did he say it's the Amanda show. Right. You know, at no point did he say it's the Kelly show. At no point did he say it's about us. But our sole purpose of pursuing healing and truth is so that he might display his power in you and me. And that his name might be proclaimed in all the earth. Yes. And to go, why are we even pursuing this? Yeah. We're pursuing this for peace, but we're pursuing it to let him be the hero of the story. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but when I'm hurt, when I have a spirit of criticism or offense in me, ain't nobody really seeing Jesus in me. (laughs) Hmm. I mean, you know, and it's like, man, that is exactly the point. It is for his purposes that we're even able to walk free, live free and experience that fulfilled life, the abundant life that he has for us so that we can be his missionaries to all the ends of the earth to actually be his hands and feet. Um, Pretty difficult to do that if we're walking around wounded. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ladies, thank you for being with us. We love you again. We'd love to pray with you for you. If you have any requests, put them in the comments or email us at or me at info at a wife like me.com. Love to be praying for you. Um, help if, if we, whatever you need. Um, so yeah, Kelly, every episode we have something you ask or share. What's the thing today? Well, first I just want to say you're not alone in this, um, trying to divide these things out. You know, if you haven't jumped into the collective, jump in there and we continue in conversations like this. And Amanda says, it's just her answering the email, but it's a whole team of people in the collective and written the book to your wife. So you are among friends. So we're linking arms and walking with you. So how do you surround yourself with wisdom? Sorry, sometimes I ask you little wackadoodle questions, but I'm, you've taken us to a deep place today. So how do you surround yourself with wisdom to make sure that you're taking more steps in truth than in falsehood or your own earthly experience? Hmm. Good question. I am a very visual person. So if you came to her house, um, you'd see a whole big old long wall that's chalk board, chalk paint. And I have to write down, like I, I write things on it that I need to be seeing and reminded of. It's one way, but obviously God's word, obviously, um, it's number one, but also, like, I really value, I'm very aware of how much I don't know. And so I'm, I really value lots of godly counsel. And mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm constantly uh, reaching out to people that I know will guide me into deeper truth and point me to his word and truth. Um, so those are just a few things. Uh, I'm, I'm, always listening to, if you looked at like my podcast thing, um, things like this, but conversations with like really solid people. Um, I'm, I'm always listening to 
it's just really important to me. But those are just a few things. I don't know. And music, you always like post these amazing songs. And I'm like, how have I n- never heard that? Where I, do you get new yeah. songs? When I die, I've told... <laughs> I've told my friends that are really talented, like, you guys, it's going to be straight up worship concert. Like, it's going to be just like, oh, my land. I do love music so much. And yeah, it's always, well, I, I shouldn't say it's always on. It used to be always on. Now it's really only on like in certain times because I'm really growing in my ability to listen more and to mm-hmm. not have noise. So that's a new thing too, for me. So just really like, again, practicing that intimacy with him, if I'm cutting up veggies or whatever, I'm trying to tune down out the noise of even good things. So anyway, that's, woof, that's long. Well, right. Anyway. Oh, that's how great. You? <laughs> how about you? I tend to um, definitely read his word. It's like one of the first things I do in the morning. And then I leave that out at our kitchen table because most of the time we eat meals at home and I'll revisit it again at lunch and then at dinner. And we do a a devotional uh, with our family. And so we'll sometimes read it at multiple meals and that helps it to sink in. And I'll listen to different sermons. There are some stations that I feel like have trusted biblical truth. And I will listen to those, always measure that back against God's word. Because again, we're fallible people, right? We should take everything back to God's word. If we start worshiping an author or a preacher, then like we're worshiping the wrong God, little G. So I think listening to sermons helps me. And I'm in a, a season of quiet too, where I'm not listening to as much music. You know, we sometimes have it going in our house and we don't right now, but other times it really ministers to me and helps me yeah yeah i love it share with us ladies if you have things you do um what a good topic teresa thank you so much for writing this blog post um she's also linked in the show notes so you can go and check teresa out and all of the resources that she has as well as always kelly brinkman she's always linked in the show notes too um we just love you ladies and we are excited to be back with you next week so make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss the next episode and we love you and we'll see you next week bye kelly thank you bye